My guest today is a former Division I quarterback for USF as well as South Alabama by way of Milton, Florida. He is currently a government relations manager for the Port of Tampa, a real stand-up guy, great father and family man, much to be respected about my friend and former teammate, also threw me the two passes that I caught in college, my dog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Matt Floyd to Changing the Field. Floyd, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty well. How are you holding up in uh, the the pandemic 2020? Uh, you know, it's uh, it got wall to wall conference calls all day long, and uh, but it's uh, that's been that's been interesting. But it, it's overall, it's been pretty fun. You know, being being able to hang out at home with my wife and my my kid now all day long. It's been fun. It's been challenging, but it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of the the silver lining through all this thing is, you know, sometimes you get you get a little bit of extra time with the family. Some people are tweaking about that. Like some people are like, man, like I got to get yeah. out of here. But yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. it works out pretty well. My my wife is a nurse. So she um, she work a 12 hour shift. So she'll work uh, two, three days in a row. And so it's just me with Barrett the entire time. She works nights too. So it's like, she's gone during the night and then she's sleeping all day long. So I'm with him for like 72 hours straight as the only person. And uh, oh, when wow. she comes back home, yeah, like the day after she gets back, I'm like, all right, you got to take the kid. I, I can't, I got to get out of the house. Let me just go for a drive. But no, yeah. it's, been, it's been great. It's been really great. Uh, little side note, my, my, when my son was born, it was like I was in between jobs at the time. And so it worked mm-hmm. out perfectly where I had like three to four months of basically paternity leave. And, um, and so, and then uh, and so he's, he's a year and a half now, actually. Sorry about that. But he, um, so the first three to four months of his life, I was home all the time with him. And then now That's for this what's up. month and a half to two months, I've been home with him nonstop all day long. So it's like no kid that I have, uh, no other kid that I have will ever have the opportunity to have their dad home all day long, all the time. So we're just trying to relish for that, you know, enjoy it. So, yeah. So you guys are obviously planning on having some more, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think and, we'll uh, have some more at some point. Yeah, I heard you have one on the way. Are, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. man. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah. It's been, it's been a blessing to kind of, you know, get a chance to, to be there and kind of be for my wife as she goes through her first pregnancy as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a cool little bonding experience, but I'm like, I'm like looking into the forest beyond like what, what's coming. And it's like, man, I, I feel like, like my whole life is going to change. Like, but it's, it's super exciting though, man. I, I can't wait. I know she can't wait too, but uh, what do you, what are you doing nowadays? Cause I know, I know you've kind of gotten into the the way of the politics as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I currently work at the port of Tampa um, and I do government relations. I do government relations in-house for the port. So it's yeah. um, so what it, I, a lot of people ask what the heck that even means, but it's, so basically I, I Sounds deal. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. I, yeah. I love it. 
Uh, but it's uh, I, I interact with all the local elected officials from the county commission to our city or the mayor and such. And then all up to the state level with representatives and senators, some with the governor's office and then even up in Congress and federal level. So any kind of legislation that might get passed at any of those levels, kind of be on the lookout for those to see if it's yeah. maybe harmful or, or even beneficial to the port. Uh, and just try to keep those elected officials apprised of what the port does and, and, and why what they might be pushing could actually be harmful to the port, um, which would have a harmful effect for the entire region too, if, if it kind of limited our operations and such. So, but it's, it's fun. I yeah. love it. So. so you guys, your job, you kind of have to try and balance like the, the political side of it as well as like the environmental aspect of it, of like what's coming in leaving the port. Like, what is that? Are you guys, like strictly focusing on like, you know, import export, like what, 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 what kind of business even gets done at a port? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So, um, it, when I first came to the port, I, I've been here a little over a year now, uh, the port for a little over a year, but, um, when I first came in, even my mindset of what the port is, the port of Tampa was a port that, um, was kind of off in the on the other side of the channel from downtown Tampa didn't really know anything that's happening on over there uh, except for I knew that um, the type of cruise ships that could come in were limited by the size of a bridge and that was essentially it but oh wow yeah it's uh the port is actually the port of Tampa get into the little details here for you but it's uh it's the largest port in the state um, in terms of sheer size it's over 5,000 acres it's the most diverse port in the state so a lot of ports are like specific. They either only do cruise ships or they um, do mostly cruises and a little bit of containers or they only do like cement and cargo kind of stuff or they only do patrolling. Like they, they're kind of specific, but we're the most diverse port. We do a little bit of anything and everything. So um, things that wow. you can buy at Walmart, things you buy at Ikea, a lot of that comes through the port um, and some pretty large vessels. Um, and they, they carry these containers that got furniture in it or supplies and goods and and then we ship it off to distribution centers, which then provide it and send it to your Walmarts and your retail centers. Has that so. changed? Have you seen like a change in, in the business side of that? Like in like, uh, I guess, has it increased or de- decreased since like the pandemic's been going on? Have you guys taken a hit with that as well? Um, so fortunately, um, like I said, we're the most diverse port. So um, can, cruise ships have been not sailing since um right march so uh and they're they're under i think it was a couple weeks ago the federal government put out a 100 day um no sale order too and i think that expires it's set to expire sometime i think beginning of july if i remember correctly so no cruise ships operating in the in the country um at least through june and i think a little bit into july as well so that does impact us um although we're not a huge cruise port um but container ships and like we bring in goods directly from China um, and a lot of Southeast Asia countries. Yeah. And so some of those have been impacted, not to a great deal, but somewhat. I mean, it's a little low in production. Petroleum, uh, we, we bring in 46 percent of the state's petroleum. And um, those are down a little bit because people are driving less. Um, we bring in a lot of aviation fuel. That's down a bit because people are flying less. So. Yeah. And it's been a little bit of impact for us uh, personally, but um, you know we've we've fared the storm pretty well so far. A lot of other ports in the state and across the country are are having in a little bit worse situations, depending on what 
kind of the commodities they bring in and they ship out to. So, yeah. So I guess my next question to you would be how, how did you get involved with politics? Like where does the passion for that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that something that even when you were playing football, like in high school, like you knew like, Hey, one day I wanted to get into politics or is that just. So, for you? yeah. So, um, yes and no. Um, after my freshman year, um, I was initially a marketing major and, uh, I did one, I did a couple semesters of that. And I was, um, this was right around the time of the 2012 presidential election and it just captured my attention. Um, and I sought out to learn more about American politics, um, how exactly it works, who I might even want to vote for and why I would actually want to vote them, uh, vote for that mm-hmm. person. And, um, and not exactly rely on only the things that I had been raised to think and believe, you know, what, what did I as a person now as an adult believe separate of what, you know, my parents kind of told me to, you know, taught me growing up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I just, I just fell in love with it. And, um, this was, this was, uh, over the summer. So, um, summer of 2000 and, um, just before the election and, uh, yeah, I fell in love with it and I called Ashley Chafin and I said, Hey, switch me to political science. And I switched to poli sci two weeks before semester started. And I just was in love with it. And I uh, ended up dual majoring political science and international studies um, at the same time. And then um, I, I knew from that point that I did, I wanted to get into politics, but I didn't know exactly what that meant um, and how I was going to do that. So I, I sought out internships. I sought out friends that are involved in the political space, like student government and such, because I knew they would know uh, right. routes into government and, and, and politics. And uh, yeah, I, I found my way by meeting people and networking and people that opened a lot of doors for me and, and allowed me to learn of a lot of opportunities. And um, when I when I left USF, I transferred to University of South Alabama. Which I know we'll probably get into all this a little bit later too, but Transfer University of South Alabama. I got my master's in political, um, public administration, nice. which is um, which is basically in a very very simplified way. It's kind of like an MBA for political or uh, public agencies. I know Andrew Ketchel kind of right. talks with you about that. Um, and I did that at the University of South Alabama, and then I came back and worked on campaigns and and here in Tampa, and uh, it got me in the door in the legislative process in the state of Florida. So. Yeah, I, I once, in, once once the 2012 election came around, and I started learning more about it. I knew for without a doubt, this is what I wanted to do, and I was gonna I was gonna find my way into it, no matter how like how I had to do it. I was gonna do it. So you didn't have like a parent or anything that was involved with it either, because it, it seems like you you and Andrew kind of went the way of hey, this was something that like moved you to it, and you felt you know it, it spoke to you, and and you pursued it like right off the bat. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. My, so my dad, uh, my dad's retired air force. Um, and he was a, um, a high school teacher. He taught social studies. So, um, history, okay. government, those kinds of things, uh, the military, those are all things that were always held high in, in my family and things that were always very interesting to me. So, um, you know, I was, I was very, I was always interested in government. Uh, but I didn't really know the details of it besides what you learn in high school. And, um, I, right. I definitely didn't want to pursue a career in it. But, um, but yeah, 2012 learning about it. That's when I, that's when I just fell in love with it. So you mentioned South Alabama and we play together at USF 
Mm-hmm. How did you like first question, I guess, is when when did you start playing football and then how did you kind of fall in love with it? Like what was what was what was your story with football? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I uh I started playing football when I was six years old. Um funny story, I actually when my parents took me to my first practice and dropped me off, I was bawling my eyes out. I was I was terrified. I was like, don't make me play football. What what are you doing? Um and this is I mean, this is this is before even flag football was a thing. So I mean this this was full on tackle football. So um I was like, I don't want to do this. What are you doing to me? Kind of thing. But uh I, yeah, this was in Florida. I'm 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 from uh, the Pensacola area, um, okay, small so, town outside oh. Pensacola called Milton. Um, yep. so, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to play football, but I, I fell in love with it. I guess shortly after it, I was a three sport athlete, uh, football, baseball, basketball. Um, and my family, all, I have three other siblings and all of us were required to play, uh, the three major sports. So, um, my brother and I were forced to play football, baseball, basketball every year, no matter what. And my two sisters were forced to play volleyball, basketball, and uh, and softball. Three or uh, the three sports, no matter what. And uh, got into high school and learned that I hated basketball and base, baseball got in the way of spring football. So I was able to somehow talk my parents out of forcing me to play three sports. And uh, and and I I became a one sport athlete myself after my sophomore year of high school. What you say force, what I've never heard of that before. Your parents were like that, where they were yeah. like, trying to keep you out of trouble, essentially. You're trying to Are just you, like broaden your horizons. Like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was, I think it, it wasn't, yes, it was, it wasn't a way to keep us out of trouble. Um, but it was also my dad, my dad was always our coach. He did a fantastic job teaching us how to play sports. I mean, it, all, all three of them, he coached everything. Um, and he, coached my sister's softball teams um everything so he um he wanted a coach he, he wanted us to be athletes and and we were you know pretty good at him but um but yeah no it was there was no question it wasn't hey matt do you want to play football this year going into seventh grade it was matt signups are you know tomorrow we got to spend sign up right. and you know and yeah. uh, and and so i don't remember any time growing up until high school where I didn't want to play them anyways, personally. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I was excited to sign up and, and go start football practice. I was excited for baseball season, basketball season, you know, time when those, when the time that those sports seasons started coming around, I was excited to move on to the next sport anyway. So, uh, we were forced to, but it wasn't like we were fighting to the nail not to play. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was more kind of like you were led into it. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have a choice, but you know, <laughs> if you're going to so. live here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I understand, man. My, my, my dad was kind of the same way with baseball as well. It was like, that was one that I always played, but my heart was mm-hmm. always calling me to football. It was always, yeah. ever since the first time I played it, like I, even before that, man, I fell in love with it. And then, you know, his, his idea was, you know, let's get you playing baseball. Cause you know, yeah. you've been playing it the longest and you're pretty good at it. So I, I totally get you. And I know that conversation with parents when you're like, Hey man, like, I, I think I want to focus on this football thing. Sometimes it can be tough, but I'm glad, yeah. you know, your parents heard you out and, and played with it, man. Yeah. And let you, let you roll. Cause I mean, it ended up paying off. You ended up full scholarship D one quarterback, like, yeah. 
how yeah. how was that process for you like how was like the recruiting process going through it yeah so um i i had i had 20 offers coming out of high school um i graduated high school early it came in in the spring if you remember um and it was it was stressful but it was so exciting you know i mean all these colleges when you're playing sports you want to play at the highest level you possibly can so you want to play for the best high schools you want to play for the best teams you want to play for you want to play college football and eventually you if eventually if you can you want to play the nfl if you can um so you know i i knew that i absolutely wanted to play football at the college level and uh i it was a blast i um, we always traveled around to the different, uh, colleges every summer for their camps, you know, to just try to expose, uh, my name to other coaches and, and get, get tape out and get, you know, reps in front of them. You know, same thing every high school athlete does for their sport. They go to college camps and stuff. Um, and yeah, even once, tougher, even tougher when you're at a small school, cause you were at Milton high school, right. And you yeah. guys, are, you got, well, it's not like you guys are like, you know, anything to be scoffed at but no. you guys are definitely just population wise you guys are, are yeah. a little bit smaller than typical schools right yeah so it was it was one of the larger schools of the panhandle area um and milton's a, um, a decently well-known school across the state they were really good way back in the day um they've been they've been pretty solid recently in the last couple of years i believe um during my time there uh we won we won a grand total in the two seasons, the two full seasons that I was starting quarterback. We won five games. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was tough. We would score a ton of points, but we struggled to keep other teams from scoring. Um, but, it, but, uh, but yeah, so you gotta, you, you gotta go to those camps. You've got to get your name out to the different coaches and different teams and show them your film. And I, technology allows that a, a bit easier today than even when I was, high school and you know for you as well um which doesn't even really seem like all that long ago but sending out dvds (laughs) exactly yeah burning dvds yeah hustling man it's like a mixtape (laughs) yeah but even still like there was now there's like people there's like a a lot of high schools now have like a guy dedicated to recruiting like for me it was just the head coach he had never had anybody go off to college so he was like yeah here sure let's make you a highlight tape the thing was like 15 minutes long and it wasn't nice. until after the fact that we realized, oh no, they only watched like the first thirty seconds. So it's like, well, you know, kind of a waste. <laughs> but uh, no, the recruiting process was fun. It got really stressful, you know, at, at certain points when everybody starts calling you all the time and, and, and coming to see you. Uh, but it, but it's always it's so flattering and, and rewarding to be to be, you know, desired like that. It, it's, it's a cool experience. Um, really, very, very thankful. And, and as you said, I was able to, to get the full scholarship. Um, and, uh, very fortunate that it paid for all my degrees. So I was able to get two degrees and a master's completely on scholarship, um, which I'm, I'm very, very proud of and thankful for. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm definitely thankful for that. That's one of those things that in the long run, it ends up paying off well, that education, yeah. man, because yeah, d- you definitely put the work in, you go through you it do. Man, in college, you do. some more than some more than others. Like I know you caught, you caught hell you know, for, for some questionable decisions from people up top of you. But I, I felt like, you know, you stuck it out like a gangster, man. Cause yeah. you were, you had to kind of weather some storms dude, with, with some of the, some of the stuff going on, but in the locker room, on the field, everyone that I know saw you like 
dude kept his chin up. You never, you never showed anything, dude. We were all like super, super impressed with it, regardless of what anyone else ever said. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I, it, that's the thing is um, locker rooms are always the good locker rooms have a lot of people that support you, no matter um, what is happening on the field. Like we're all in it together. That's, that's what the great, that's the great thing about the sport of football that, that I, I think I, I, maybe have come to even more appreciate after the fact is just the the camaraderie inside the the locker rooms, the closeness of it. Um, you know, that you always heard the analogies, you know, football is like war, you know, you get to fight for the guy in the, in the, the foxhole next to you and everything like that. And while you're going through it, it's kind of like, that's a silly comparison, but like, it doesn't make sense, you know, when, when adversity hits, um, you know, I, I, we've talked about this. There was, there's a lot of moments where plays didn't go right. And, um, you know, people, a good teams, you don't have people and a, and a good team guys will come up to you and like put their arm around you. Like you did for me several times. We're like, Hey, next play. Like, it's okay. We're all, we're all in this together. We all make mistakes. Like next play, next play. We got to keep going. And so those are, those are always very helpful, um, through those kinds of storms for teams. The, the things behind the scenes that people don't get to see too. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a young quarterback that's dealing with, I mean, we must've had like 10 to 12 injuries on there and not to make any excuses or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, at, at a certain point, you kind of have your back up against the wall. And a lot of times in life, like you find out, like sometimes, you know, you're kind of dealt, you know, a hand and, and the way that you handle this, like your character it has an opportunity to shine. And I think, that's what I pulled from all that, man, is that you were a dog. And I know if I would have been put in the same position, man, people would have, people would have jumped me because that would have been a lot worse, dude. Cause I'm like, you know, especially back then, very like reactive to, to negative yeah. situations, like lose my cool and kind of, but you never did, dude. You never lost your cool. You just like, Hey man, like weather the storm and you just kept pushing. So I'm, super interested in hearing how, how did everything go for you at South Alabama? How was that transition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, um, after the first year coach Tagger coming in at USF, we played five quarterbacks in that one season. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the kind of the writing on the wall, on the wall was there, to, you know, that my time at USF was probably done. And fortunately, it timed out that I was graduating. So it was just, it was a good, clean time for me to kind of move on. Um, so I went to University of South Alabama, which is pretty close to Pensacola, um, you know, and uh, so I kind of was, felt like I was kind of going home. Um, and South Alabama recruited me pretty heavily coming out of high school. They were a really young program too. Um, and, and yeah, so I came into a situation where they already had an established starting quarterback and I was well aware of that and I was fine with that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I went in there and I backed up a guy named Brandon bridge for a while. Um, and he was, he was, uh, kind of like a BJ Daniels in a sense. Um, super athletic, one of the most athletic people I've ever seen had an absolute cannon for an arm. He was great. He was, uh, he was a really good, really solid quarterback. Um, and then going into my last year, um, had, uh, pretty significant coaching changes. Uh, office coordinator, quarterback coach was uh, was fired, and then the, a new coach came in um, from UAB after UAB had shut down their program, and so right. we we brought in like fifteen to twenty players, and three of them were quarterbacks from UAB. 
one of them Jeez. being his longtime starting quarterback. So, um, it, you know, it was a situation where, again, the writing was on the wall. Like, you know, I'm going to go out and fight for this. I'm going to go do the best I can. But kind of the odds are stacked against me. It's not going to be happening probably. But I ended up tearing my labrum and my throwing shoulder the second day of practice wow. in fall camp anyway. So knocked me out. And, uh, you know, that was the end for me. It was it was down to an injury. But, um, but yeah, it was good. I, I was able to get my master's. I got married during uh, during my time at South Alabama. Um, and I, some of the closest friends I got from college, uh, were at South. Um, it was, uh, so it, it was a really great experience for me, um, going there despite not really doing anything ever on the field. It was, it was really great. So. Yeah. I kind of feel like that too, man. I kind of feel like, like my deal was, was my career was kind of cut short and that's kind of how it goes when you're at that level where it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's here and gone so quickly that you know you get you get banged up one time you have one bad start now all of a sudden a picture gets put you know what i mean and it's like yeah. it just kind of snowballs to the point where it's now we're gonna try new dudes now we're gonna try new yeah. dudes and especially right. with you it's like to hear that you went to south alabama and all of a sudden you got another freak athlete in front of you it's like people built coordinators build offenses around that position so if you got a freak right. athlete we're doing different stuff than we would with a pro yeah. style quarterback, you know? So it's right. like yeah. I, coming yeah. as another athlete, I understand like, like the struggle that you went through and I, Definitely. you know, that's yeah. dope that you, that you see the the positive outlook of it and, and you, you got so many good things from it. Like you said, your wife, your master's degree, your career, yep. you developed a passion. What was like, what was the, this, the final decision to retire like for you? Like to say like, you know, Hey football. All right. Good luck. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I kind of, um, I, so I was forced to retire physically because of my injury, which I was perfectly fine with. Um, that was fine with me at the time, but I mentally probably was retired, uh, before I even left USF. Um, after, after that McNeese state game, and then after the Michigan State game, um, kind of and, and kind of just what happened on the practice field and with, with Cook Taggart, I kind of kind of mentally started like, all right, I think I think I think my love for the, this game is 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 not there anymore. And, and going through this is really difficult. Um, and then we uh, Coach Taggart burned. Mike White's red shirt towards the end of the year. And again, when that happens, like that's we typically uh, when that happens, it's like, well, this is now the guy we're going to roll with, you know, forever. You have to. Um, that's and, a and Mike, Mike, yeah. Yeah. And even Mike White's story is a little strange too, going from the starting quarterback to transferring, but it's, um, you know, I mentally was done with football after that season. And I went home for Christmas break. And I told my parents that I was done. I was not going to transfer. I wasn't going to transfer. I was just going to walk away. I was done with football. Um, that it had been so good to me, but then also it had been really bad to me at the same time. And I was just, Evil. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I was just done. <laughs> I can't get up for another 6 a.m. workout and go do this. Yeah. And I have zero passion for this anymore. But, um, I, my parents ended up talking me into, uh, going and seeing some, 
some guys seeing um, seeing a coach of my that I didn't never I never played for, but I got to know through the recruiting process. And I went and talked mm-hmm. to him. He was at Samford University of Samford in Birmingham at the time, and uh, we talked things through and, and kind of uh, on a you know man to man level, spiritual level. He kind of was able to talk me into wanting to give it another chance and like a fresh start. Let's see what can happen. And the University of South Alabama called and um, they had just had a quarterback leave named Ross Matheny, um, who is a South Alabama legend. Um, he had just graduated at the time. This And he was in a exact same situation mentally as I was. I, I was very transparent with the coaches at South. Um, I told them I, I had zero desire to play anymore. My fire was gone that I that even going through this recruiting process with you, I'm so flattered, but I, just, I don't even know if I want to do this. And they were like, right. this is the exact same thing Ross was through. Ross, Ross went from a, another school and transferred there and Ross turned out to be a legend and it was great. And so, you know, it was, it was kind of like a good fit for both, for both, for everybody. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I went to South and was so excited for the new opportunity. I like, this is a fresh start mentally. Um, mentally I can kind of, click the refresh button, try to gain some confidence in my ability again and, and see what happens. And, um, and, you know, as, as we talked about, it didn't go to plan on the field, but, but it, uh, it worked out well in the, in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how often that happens and people never hear about that, man. People never hear about it. You know, it's just that, you know, from, from your perspective, from the guy that's actually in the arena, that's like putting it all on the line and going to these workouts that, Dude, eventually, man, for me, I know for a fact I hit the end of my rope, you know, just constantly getting blown out all the time and not feeling like your body is where it needs to be. Like, like I can't, I felt like I like couldn't run like I should anymore, but still though, like you, you kind of feel like people are counting on you. So, you you know, you lace them up one more time, you go back out there, you throw it around, you go hit people, whatever you got to do, because like we were talking about before that locker room is tight, man. And it's when you feel like you got brothers and and people are counting on you, it's, it's tough to just be like, Hey, and walk away from it. But yeah. At at USF uh, on this one thing before we do the next thing, but at at USF, my, um, in the last, uh, the second half of the season, basically that for the last year that I was there, um, I kind of went into every workout and every practice, um, saying, okay, I need to find one thing. Um, and one thing that I can find some joy in during this, these next two hours of practice, what is that one thing? And so, um, sometimes it was, um, sometimes it was Chris Bright, uh, like, just a hilarious person and just paying yeah. attention to what Chris Bright did all day long and just laughing <laughs> at it. Uh, that's, that's really easy to do. But, uh, and then other times, uh, you know, we had some, those of us that were, it was scout team. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed playing on the scout team. Um, that's where I felt like I could just sling the ball around and have a blast. Cause you know, it didn't matter if you threw interceptions there because they wanted you to throw interceptions there. So yeah. I was like, so everyone got lit. excited. <laughs> they did. And they got, and then, then it was so fun too because it was like the coaches got pissed if you scored touchdowns on them. Right. And so we were, there was some like, there was some scout team All Americans and we took a lot of pride in scout team guys that were really good athletes that, um, that just, you know, didn't have opportunities for, 
a variety of reasons of, of what college football is. Didn't have opportunities, but they really took pride in what they could provide in the scout team and preparing the defense for the game on Saturday. And so, yeah. uh, you know, getting to know those guys, a lot of those guys, are st- my best friend was on the scout team. The best man at my wedding uh, was a scout team all the way. Um, took so much pride in running a scout team. And uh, we, had bla- we had a blast over there. So I found, I tried to just say, what is it that's going to make me, get me through these next two hours that I can find some joy in? Because it, otherwise I'm just going to be dreading every minute here and I'm not going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be miserable. I'm not going to be productive and I'm not going to be, I'm certainly not going to be helpful to this team. So what can make, what can I find joy in and how can I be helpful to this team and whatever small way that might be that can help us win on Saturdays. That's such That's a blue collar way to look at it. That's like such a man. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to put my lunch pail. I'm just going to yeah. put my hard hat back on and we're just going to do this thing. And somehow we're going to yeah. kill it and we're going to pass the time, but there, cause it's so crazy. Like, all of the different jobs of varying sizes that go into getting a, a division one football team on the field on Saturday. Oh, it's like, gosh. you got scout team dudes, you got dudes in the training room, you got guys, you know, equipment guys, you got all kinds yeah. of people that are all putting in work to this thing. Mm-hmm. But then 11, 11 plus the head coach get the newspaper, you know what I'm saying? And, and yep. it's, it's crazy, but yep. that's cool that you said that. Cause I definitely, I was a scout team all American myself part of the all ride eat ranch team as well. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the GAs, the GAs were <laughs> there too. And so they took a lot of pride because they're trying to get careers and, and as coaches. Yeah. And so they want your scout team to be really good. And they were like, well, have fun with it, you know? And so I just, I, no, it was, it was a blast. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the scout team. You know, what's so crazy too, though, is as you kind of get further and further removed from playing college football, you see that a lot of these dudes that are the most successful post football and the most happy with what they're doing are dudes that were walk-ons that were, you know, mm-hmm. like the guy that played had to hustle on scout team for three or four years just to get on the kickoff for the special return yeah. unit. You know what I'm saying? Like some right. of those dudes, because they were crafty, they knew how to dig in and they developed some skills. Mm-hmm. Like now all of a sudden they're successful in their later life. And it's like, like, Hey, like, how did you do that? And and you see a lot of those transferable skills. What were some transferable skills that you grabbed from football that you use in, in your job nowadays? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, teamwork, like by far is the biggest thing. And I, and I find that's always very helpful when I have interviewed for jobs. Um, Every single person who's ever interviewed me says oh you are a college athlete that means you're a team person you're a team player and that's what we want we want people who are going to operate as a team so it's like yeah I, I, I full well know how to operate as a team like and let's let's do it let's let's work in groups let's let's work as a team let's make it happen so that's i think that's a huge thing um i think another thing is just adversity um, work is not easy either. It's hard to wake up in the morning and go to work. You, uh, depending on what job you might have, you might have a lot of physical, uh, it may be very physically intensive, uh, mentally intensive. And it's just, it's, you know, that grind of just making it through, uh, projects and, um, and, you know, dealing with those kinds of things. I guess another thing would be timeliness. Um, yeah. A Definitely. lot of things are due at a deadline and you gotta, you gotta, things are due at a deadline. You gotta get them done on time and you gotta get them done effectively and, and well. 
Oh, those are all little things that, you know, you take away from playing uh, football, but that I, I would, I would say from any sport, you take those kinds of things away that can help you. So those things have helped me leadership, effectiveness, you know, hard work, things like that. When do you think, actually I say when, but if I guess, are you considering allowing your son to play football and at what age? Oh man. Uh, I think I've, I've kind of fluctuated my position on this since Barrett's been born. Um, where I'm currently at is I, I think, uh, I, and my wife's, we're kind of on the same page here. I think we will encourage him to play whatever he wants to play, but specifically with football, we will probably do flag until I would say probably at least 12, 13 before allowing him to move into the more contact type of thing. I, 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 the whole CTE thing, the whole, the concussion Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, I, I had, I've had three, very three, three concussions that I vividly remember. Um, but I've had friends bring it to my attention that no, I've, I mean, we've all that played, contact football I've probably had dozens dozens and dozens of concussions little minor concussions each time we get hit it's a concussion to the head um I've been playing like I said tackle football since I was six years old and that's full tilt tackling the entire time so um right from the ages of six to 22 I was playing tackle football so I'm sure you know I got a lot of kind of you know, uh, a lot of damage to the head, you know, to some degree. Unfortunately, I don't, I, mean, I don't know of any issues, but, um, I, I want to, I want to put my son in the best position now with technology and science that have showed us that those things are, are dangerous and there's ways to health, do it in a healthy way by introducing them to contact at the correct time. And so I think at the point where we're currently at, where we're currently at, our thought is that we would probably wait till he's a teenager um, probably eighth grade, maybe even ninth grade before we kind of give the green light for tackle football, which yeah. I, 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 my, my, my dad, my dad doesn't like that argument. Like my dad, the hard nosed football coach, you know, all his life, my dad's like, no, no, he needs to play tackle. But I, there's, there's all kinds of stories of, of, of guys that played 20 year career in the NFL that didn't play football until they were uh, high school or there's even some like, I think uh, I think Jimmy Graham is an example. Uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, I know he didn't play in college. I don't know if he played in high school or not, but I know he didn't play in college. So yeah, I think um, he played basketball in college. He played basketball in college for sure. So there's guys that that have, if that's what he's for, he is fortunate enough to have the skill to play the NFL. I don't think him starting in high school is going to hurt that. And uh, and if he doesn't end up going on and playing college football, that's perfectly fine too. <laughs> you know, so. Right. I think I think mentally and, and health wise is, is a far bigger concern for me. And uh for us right now that's that's high school probably. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm leaning the same way to be honest with myself. And I've actually heard a lot of former uh like NFL former professional guys, not to list say names or anything like that on the show, but I've heard a couple of those guys say that high school's high school's right around the wheelhouse because all that stuff beforehand, like you're taking a lot of collisions with the body, like mm-hmm. you said. But there's a people don't understand that there's a limit 
that your body has a physical limit. And so if you're yeah. taking these shots with a developing body, a developing brain, skull, all your stuff is still growing. Maybe it's not, but then tell yeah. that, tell that, tell that to the, the, the kids, the five-year-olds in Thailand that are having professional fights over there every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, everyone right. has their own argument, like your pops and, and I'm sure you guys go back and forth, but Hey, at the end yeah. of the day, man, it's your experience. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so do you stay physically active? Are you still like competitive? I know we got the whole lockdown and everything going on, but are mm -hmm. you still staying physically active? Yeah. So, um, so after I, I am, I do, I do CrossFit. Um, I actually have a garage gym. I, I've, Fortunately, I planned for the coronavirus, you know, two years ago when I went about a <laughs> garage gym. Um, yes. No, I, 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 uh, I saw it coming in the distance. But no, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I work out of my garage. Um, I have a membership to a local CrossFit gym here as well that I go to from time to time. Um, but I do, I do CrossFit. I run sometimes. My wife is a is a a big runner. She's a great runner. Um, she does Ironmans. Um, Wow. Yeah, which is, which are the really big triathlons. Right. So, um, so when I first, when I first finished up at South, I was like, I'm going to get into running too, you know, like that's, that's great. <laughs> and so I started running and, oh my gosh, it was miserable because, you know, as football players, we're not designed, we design our, our body to run 10 yards at a time for like two to three seconds at a time. Right. It was Dead not sprint. built to run. Yeah. Yes dead sprint i was not built to run for any kind of endurance so a mile was like bad i was i was like oh my god this is miserable but then uh you know i built up some from uh some stamina got better at it i, I enjoyed running running for a little while and then i got into crossfit and um i i think um sad to say but i i feel like i'm in better shape today due to crossfit than i it was at any one point in my entire life playing college football um, really? Yes, by far. And I think compete? a lot of, do you compete in that? Um, do you go to like events and you stuff? Can. I, I don't, I don't. Um, I I've done one before. Um, and that was a, that was a cool experience. Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't really, um, but no, I, I think, I think a lot of it comes down to is, is I've, I thoroughly enjoy it. I have a desire and motivation to go do it. Um, and, uh, and it's not in, and nobody's standing over me, forcing me to go to work out like, you know, in colleges. And, and so right. anytime somebody, I think as humans, we're kind of built with this innate mentality that if anybody tells us to do something, we kind of want to rebel against it. So, 100%. You know, yeah. So we're, somebody says, Hey, you got 8am lift. You're like, Oh, screw that. I'm just gonna, you know, lax with lax of days through it. And, uh, you know that's hard to do but now I, I have a desire to go out there i have a desire to work out and compete in that in that regard with uh and with the other people in the class and stuff and so that's why i do that so how much how much would you say of your identity was wrapped up in in being an athlete and what what was that like for you in like that transition into retirement because it kind of caught you know just a lead in like my own personal perspective is it kind of caught me by surprise as to how much of my person was intertwined with being a football player. Was it like the mm -hmm. same for you? Um, no, I, um, at first, so 
in terms of my injury and, and when, when I ended, no, I, my, my identity was not wrapped up in football. Like I said, I was pretty checked out mentally. So I, honestly, when I was, when I got injured and realized I needed surgery and I was done, done, I was like, I was, there was so much relief, um, for me. I, I was, I didn't have to go to practice and all those things anymore. I, I felt relief. I was able to like, okay, now I can, I can move on to the next stage of my life. I feel like my life can actually now start and, mm-hmm. and go. So, but when I, um, when I first came to, to, to USF, yeah, my, my identity was 100% wrapped up in, in football. And, uh, and like, if, if I did not pan out as a football player, like that yeah, was a complete utter failure that kind of thing. Um, but then, uh, adversity after adversity, uh, on the field, off of things, bad things, good things happen. You know, my, you grow up and, uh, I, I came to, I came around, around, uh, my sophomore year, I came to, uh, to know the Lord and decided I was going to let the Lord, um, guide my life and, and lead my life. And I was going to live for him. And, and that, that completely changed my focus on what my identity was. And, um, I, I went to, I went to this summer camp, uh, in Colorado called the ultimate training camp. And, um, this was in 2013 and I went to uh, the summer camp and there they, uh, they teach this philosophy called AO one audience of one. Um, Karsten Wentz actually kind of has a, has a brand of this kind of, he kind of lives this as well. Um, and so kind of the, the, uh, the idea behind is that, you know, as, as football players from, you know, for me specifically as a football player, um, rather than playing on Saturdays for, uh, myself or for, uh, my parents or for my pride or for all the fans in the stands or my legacy, whatever it was that, uh, now, um, what I would be playing for is that audience of one, that there was one person in the audience and that was the Lord of the play. You could do everything that I could do um, on the field or whatever for his glory. And so that, that changed my focus and what my, I felt my identity was in and what it was wrapped around. And it, I think that you, you talked about kind of just weathering the storm and, and on the outside, uh, keeping cool, calm and collected. I think, knowing that um as long as what i was doing was to the glory of god that i i felt that um that every no matter the good bad whatever it was that it was it was going to be okay you know and and um that i was justified and i was i was good um regardless and so that that kind of was a moment for me a complete shift for me um and changing my identity from football to something else and uh, so then going on, um, that kind of guided me through everything as well for the rest of the football. And then um, by the time my injury came around, I was mentally ready to go anyways and kind of start a career and start, um, you know, start start my other part of my life, which I just got married anyway. So I was learning how to be a husband and um, what that meant, and get my career started. So my identity was, was in the Lord at the time and, and not, not in football anymore. Yeah. That's awesome though, man, that it gave you this, it kind of gave you the strength and kind of gave you the, the change of perspective to not put so much pressure on what everyone else was thinking about as you were going through it and just kind of focus on, you know, that sole focus of like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm doing everything, you know, with, 
with the Lord in mind first and above all. That's that's pretty dope, man. That's powerful yeah. stuff. Because yeah. I, I don't think still like with my own gig, I for me, I don't know. It was always kind of it was always kind of tough to be. Uh, I don't really come from like a super religious background, very spiritual, but not mm-hmm. like a super like organized type of religion background. And I've kind of dabbled it in a bit, but I've heard so many people like you and and you see some of the top of the top of the top athletes talk about, you know, how are you, how are you motivated? How are you doing this at this level? And it's like a lot of people kind of harken back to, you know, their religious beliefs, whether it be, you know, Buddhism, Christian, Christianity, whether, whether it be, you know, whatever you, you vibe with and you tie to. And it's, it's awesome to hear that you found something that moves you that much, man. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, it's, uh, it's, it's just that, you know, the the Lord blessed with the opportunity to have these athletic skills and, uh, you know, it's, um, and, and call in football, it was, how can I use that, that blessing to bring light to the Lord, you know, to somebody else. And so, I mean, that's, that's, I used to write on my cleats verses all the time. Um, I used to, uh, you know, just do different. I was very involved with ministries on campus and stuff like that. So, um, that, that, that's what, a lot of those things kind of really helped get me through the very dark days that were the latter heart, the latter part of my days at USF. Yeah. For sure. So knowing what you know now of, of how it all played out from USF to uh, South Alabama, would you, would you do anything different? Would you change anything? Would you even, because I've thought about this myself sometimes, if, you know, maybe, you know, looking back at how it panned out, you know, maybe, calling it quits a little bit earlier than I did. I'm glad I didn't, but did you ever think about that? Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Uh, you know, at first, um, no, I was just so relieved to be done, um, and and get away from it. Um, but more and more, I think back, I, I wouldn't say every day, but almost, almost every day, I think back to college football. I'm like, what could have been, um, and, and what, what, what could have been on the field and what could have been off the field. And, and, and if only I knew then what I know now about a billion different subjects, you know, um, same if I, if only I, if only I could fully understand what covered, what covered two was in quarters and, and 46 deep and, you know, and 40, 20, <laughs> you know, all these different deep. If only I knew that if I, if I could like, you know, coach Sheridan would, with Voss and Fish and all these great coaches that I was blessed to have and, and you too that these guys experts in the game if only I could have like actually grasped that that could have helped um but also just I th- I think I think I wouldn't have changed anything I mean like I said it, it shapes the adversity um really really allowed me to become the person I am today shape who I am today uh football um, and how exactly how everything happened led me to coming to know the Lord, as we just spoke about. And then uh, I, I met my wife, thanks to college athletics. Um, I, I've met incredible people along the way that are great friends of mine, that people that have been very helpful to me in my career, mentors, advisors, um, best friends. I've stood in weddings. I've had people, athletes stand in my weddings, um, you know, things like that. I, the only thing I think I, 
I might change if I could go back is I don't think, I don't think I would have came into college early. I don't think I would have graduated high school early. And my wife and I have actually had the conversation a couple of days ago and she's asked me, why did I do that? And, uh, and I was like, well, that's what everybody did at the time. Everybody, everybody graduated, all the quarterbacks graduated early. And it was a right. huge recruiting, you know, tool like, Oh, you can graduate early and come in early. Like, let's do it. Like, that's great. But I think as a, I came onto campus as a 17 year old from a very small town to a very big corrupted. city. Yeah, you got <laughs> corrupted, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things that people like you and Landry and, and Bright, well, there, right? Shields, bunch of hooligans. Yeah, yeah a bunch of hooligans whole, down there. That whole crew. No, I, I think, um, I think, yeah, I, I came in as a 17 year old, not uh, thinking, definitely thinking I knew who I was and what I was about. Uh, and I had, I was a child. Um, I was a child amongst a bunch of other men and, uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, the game was so fast. Um, during right. the spring, I had a lot of success in our first spring game. Um, Bobby got hurt and the Bobby Evo got hurt in that very first play. I, I, I think he broke his jaw or what it hurt his jaw. And so I like got thrusted into the twos and had to go against the one defense all game long. And I did really well, surprisingly. And I remember Coach Voss, uh, Coach Peter Voss, was like, Matt, I can tell you have no idea what you're doing out there, but you're completing <laughs> passes. Keep it up. Like, keep it up. Like, all right, yeah, let's go. So, uh, no, I, I would change. I would I would go in with my actual class because that was another thing is I was kind of in between. So I wasn't really with you guys. Like you came in with your guys and you guys grew together because you came in together and you went through everything right. together. So I wasn't really with you guys and, a, and a, you know, I don't, I hate to use the word click, but you know, I was in with your click um, in, in the class of before me. I wasn't really in with my class either because I wasn't really with them. You know, I didn't come in with them. Yeah. I didn't go through the same things that they did at the same time in the same mentality. So there was a, a, a period of time where I kind of was like in this like gray zone of like, you know, who do I go to? Like who, you know, kind of thing. And so I think, that was a difficult time for me and um, as well. So I think if I would have came in as an 18 year old, um, a few months older, not, not that huge of a difference, but I think it might've allowed me to maybe be, have my expectations a little bit better um, and, and probably have been closer to guys in my class and, and had a lot a little bit of a better support system and people to go through different things with, um, had a yeah. as a regular, regular student, I think. Do you, so speaking of support system, do you still talk to, to former athletes, former from USF or USA? It's USA, yeah. right? South. Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. It's USA. Yeah. They're, they're, That's pretty they're dope. Red, they're, they're red, white, and blue too. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, <laughs> America's team. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I, I do. Um, like I said, um, I had any a, coaches had, or trainers as well. Um, trainers, no. Uh, coaches, I'm not re- not really in regular. Um, I don't I don't talk to coaches very often. Uh, I get a I get a Merry Christmas text every Christmas every Christmas from Coach Nick Sheridan, which uh, I, I appreciate and uh, it's great. He was always one of my favorites. Um, so I get a text from him every year, but that's, that's really it from coaches wise. Um, I, I had so many coaches. I, I had 
uh, five different positions in my five years, I had five different quarterback coaches, four different offensive coordinators and three different head coaches, uh, in two schools. So, um, very transient, uh, not a lot of time to develop actual real relationships with coaches, but with players, I, I still have, um, guys that I talk to daily. Um, there's guys that I don't talk to as often, but I, you know, we do check in from time to time with each other. Um, you do over time build those relationships that you do stay in contact with, whether it's been six months, we haven't talked to each other, like, you know, or, or it's been, you know, six hours since we've talked to each other, you still stay in contact with a lot of the guys. So that's been nice. I'm, I'm actually starting to, for a while, I wanted, I didn't want much to do with USF football when I left, because uh, the way Same. it kind of ended, it kind of ended pretty poorly. Um, mm-hmm. I had a bad taste in my mouth as long as a certain, certain coach was there. Um, but, uh, and, and then after, after a while, I kind of came around, I was like, all right, I mean, I'm a bull. I love USF. I'm just going to go are. over it. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and so now, um, I've, I'm very excited about coach Scott. I'm very excited about his, it seems like he's making a really good effort to kind of welcome in former players. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been wanting to make more of an effort to be involved with USF as a whole, but then also USF athletics um, and whatever that might be. So, um, you know, yeah, that's where I'm at trying to make an effort, get back kind of in USF kind of USF sphere, which will be cool to kind of see a lot of other guys that I haven't actually stayed in contact with um, might be able to to kind of catch up with them again. Well, I know. uh, So the episode will probably end up coming out, a little bit before yours, but I spoke, I finally got the associate athletic director on the show, uh, Jody Libadisos, and mm-hmm. she's also uh, running the alumni association. And she said, anyone just come on, come one, come all. If you ever played for USF, they got like career help. They got all yeah. kinds of stuff for all of us And there. Coach Scott and his staff are really like, I, I know everyone says, Every staff always says, like, hey, we're super adamant about getting alumni yeah. back. But, you know, yeah. this one looks yeah, that's great. This one looks pretty dope. And they got – That's good uh, to hear. I don't know if you've heard – yes, it's something that you might want to look into is they got this, like, Leroy Selman mentorship program over there at USF. So, okay. And I know you're in government, and which kind of parlays into my next question. How if, – if there was an 18-year-old, you know, used to be in your position that's interested, obviously going to play college football, going to play college athletics and wanted to get into government at mm-hmm. the end of it. What, what would yeah. you suggest? Like what would be some pointers for you? Yeah, I would, I would say, um, I'll talk specifically as a, as a football for a football player, but, um, take advantage of your summers. Cause you, that's really the only time that you have to really focus on kind of yourself and your next your you know your future career um so what i did is over the summer as i interned in senator marco rubio's office which just actually happened to be on campus so it was very convenient um i interned in his office and got exposed to a variety of different things at the uh, federal legislative level Um, um one of my best friends and mentors was my boss at the time and uh, i regularly in contact with him all the time um that was hugely helpful for me so i would say i would say uh seek out internships for the summertime um that could be at the with a 
a congressional rep, that could be with a state rep, um, that could be even local government. They've all got internships, and especially over the summertime. And they love to have athletes because they don't get athletes often. You know, you were a special mm-hmm. breed. So um, that looks really great. I would say um, um, if you can, if it's an election cycle over the summer, volunteer on a campaign. Mm. Um, I found that campaigns, working on campaigns is the absolute best way to get involved in the political process. Mm. Um, yeah, I, you, uh, every two years in the state of Florida, you have, um, a variety of different people running for office. Um, and they all need campaign help. They all need people to go knock on doors and talk to voters and hand out a pamphlet and say a couple things about the candidate. And I found that doing that um, is, is a fantastic opportunity to not only learn, um, not only learn about politics in general and learn about um, things, but also kind of get an idea of what maybe you believe in. Because um, sometimes as a campaign worker, you have, you have, you're, you're representing the, the candidate. So you, uh, you have to learn how to advocate for what the candidate wants. It might not actually not even be something that you believe in or agree with, but you still got to like learn how to argue and, and advocate for that. So that's, that, that's a skill in and of itself. Um, inform, inform voters and you definitely learn how to listen because a lot of people don't want anything, don't want you on their front porch. And so they start yelling at you. And so you just learn to listen and like, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, to appease them. But, um, you know, I, you gain a lot of connections that way too. Because like candidates, um, if you're running, if you're working for a candidate that is maybe running for reelection, then they already have a lot of connections in the political world. And if you are, uh, say you're a senior and you're actually, you know, ready to transition this into an actual career, then it's a really good opportunity to, when the campaign's over, everybody who gets elected is looking for staff. And, um, and so they, they need staff and staff turnover is so high that people don't stick in offices for very long because we're all looking to go to the next thing. And, um, and, and, or you just, you shuffle around to different, different places. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think campaign work is a really great opportunity um, and a really great place to start. It worked for me. That's how I got involved in the process. So um, I would, I would highly, highly suggest finding a campaign to volunteer on and uh and allow that to kind of segue and buoy you into a career in the field very cool so as we kind of wrap this thing up man uh first of all thank you so much for for sparing some of your time i don't know if this is your time out allowed by yourself but (laughs) i appreciate so much uh stopping in and and doing the show and just kind of being super candid about, you know, your experience with, with not only, you know, football and and your athletic career, but also, you know, the transition that you made in retirement. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And with that, is there anything else you'd like to throw out there? You got any, any plugs? You don't want to throw anyone out there, vote for Uh, such and such. No, 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 baby. No, no, absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. Um, No, I, so I, first off, Thank you for having me on. This has been an absolute blast to catch up with you and, and talk about these things. A lot of these kinds of things have kind of been on my heart and my mind lately. Um, as I, as especially as I get older, see yeah. new every every new recruiting class, signing class, going you know getting excited to sign for a new school. It's such an exciting time. But like 
just wait till you step foot on campus. It's very different than what you are expecting it to be. Um, so thank you for doing this podcast. First off, this is really cool. This is really great. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to them all. And thank you for having me on. But I, I would, I think the last thing I would just say for anybody is um, really find, find that one thing that's going to get you through the day and like really drive, really drive you to um, have fun, have fun in what you're doing in the classroom, have fun on the field have fun in the locker room, find those things because it goes so fast and it, you feel like it's going to, you've got an eternity when you first step on campus, but you really don't. Um, it, it goes so quickly. Um, cherish every practice, cherish every time in the locker room. That's where the memories are really going to be made is in the locker room and, uh, and just enjoy the ride as best as you can while also being prepared to advocate for yourself for what's next because you're probably not going to play professionally. Um, and so be prepared to go professional and something different. And, and, and nobody's going to advocate for you but yourself. So you have to do the work, ask the questions, and prepare yourself for that. And um, it's a lot harder said than done. So uh, just just be an advocate for yourself and, and enjoy the ride, I guess is all I'd say. So Yeah. That's that's awesome advice. Definitely being a self-advocate, you know, and pushing your own agenda, because a lot of times you get caught up and you're a football player and all of a sudden it's what everyone else wants to do all the time. Mm -hmm. What They're calling oh, yeah. the plays on your life. They're directing you. But if, like you said, you know, hopefully someone hears this interview and they could just it'll brighten light bulb in their head to be like, you know, at some point, you know, you got to start taking taking your own route. You got to start pushing your own wave. You know, yeah. creating your own momentum. So I think that was amazing advice, dude. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. It's been awesome catching up with you, man. Yeah, it's been great catching up with you too. Take care, brother. Thanks, man. <laughs> Peace. Thank you all again for tuning in this episode. <laughs> thank you all again for tuning in this episode of the podcast. Thank you to my guest, Matt, for giving us all some great insight into his journey. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. That's it for this one. And until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.